Hello, wrestling world. Welcome to the first ever Maddie and Schultz podcast. I'm Xander Schultz. And I'm Matt Novogratz. And we are welcoming our first guest ever, the inaugural guest, Kendall Cross. <laughs> Welcome. Olympic champion. Olympic champ you. Kendall Cross, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not forget that. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually wearing his medal here right now, which Absolutely. you can't see being a podcast. But He never is. takes it off. He's a never nude. It is shiny. <laughs> he just bit it. <laughs> awesome, man. So, uh... This is our first ever podcast, so we might have some bumps along the way, but uh, let's kick it off with just what's up with you these days. What's going on? Well, um, just uh, less than 90 days ago, moved to New York City from Dallas, Texas, um, where I was uh, working you know, at the developmental level uh, in, uh, in Dallas, and uh, my son was coming up through the... Through the uh, ranks in wrestling in Texas and, and um, so I was very involved, intimately involved with that level of wrestling and, and then I uh, got an opportunity to come up to uh, New York City and um, head coach the uh, New York City Regional Training Center and, and so it's, uh, it's been quite a change, big move, uh, a, a welcome move though and um, so uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm loving it up here. It's, it's my first summer in New York as well. Um, how do you find a New York summer in terms of heat versus Dallas summer. Oh, which, which one's more pleasant? <laughs> I think we all know that. Yeah, Dallas is a, it's brutal. July, August, even early September is brutal. So I'm loving up here. I know you guys up here think it's kind of a little muggy, but you have no idea. <laughs> and how are you finding things at the RTC? It's a beautiful building, awesome facility. Yeah, the Edge, Edge Hoboken. Um, it's honestly, it's a, it's one of, I've been to a lot of rooms around the country, just through camps, clinics, you know, whatever. I've been to a lot of rooms and this room, just the aesthetics and, and um, the open window, the, the uh, natural lighting, um, just, it's a beautiful room. You know, I understand that it was, you know, built, what, 10, 11, 12 years ago? Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> and, um, you know, designed by the Novogratz clan, right? <laughs> My brother Bob. And um, so, yeah, it's just an amazing place. I, I'm, I feel so uh, just, you know, lucky to get a, a facility is an issue. And, um, well, in, in this case, it's not. You know, we have uh, an amazing facility. You've got an awesome cast of characters always rolling through there, it seems, every time we popped over. Uh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of Olympic gold in there. It's like a who's who, you know, depending. You know, it's, it's, I, I do like that, too. New York City, is a, it's a hub. Um, you know, Ed, you know, Jordan Burroughs was here. Uh, I want to say about a month ago um, to uh, to um, do a you know photo shoot for his A6 agreement, and uh, we had Gwizdowski just recently coming in and doing a, a piece with uh, Titan Mercury. And um, geez, it's you know, it's yeah, it's amazing place. It's a hub. Last time I uh, stopped by, you had some Russians in the room. Um, so, some really good Russians in the room, a few world champions in there. Uh, what do those guys bring when, when they're in the room? What, what's special about having those guys? Well, you know, uh, I'll start by saying this. We, we here in the United States, we just think we know how to wrestle. Um, the real wrestling <laughs> is happening in that part of the world, yeah. in, in, uh, you know, in particularly Russia. And, and so to have these guys, and that was the purpose of having them over. Yeah. Um, you know, we had uh, Vladimir Kinchigishvili, Olympic champion in Rio. We had um, Magomed Kurbanaliyev, uh, world champion at 70 kilos. Um, and, you know, coming in and spending, you know, a week and a half at a time. We had them both at different times during uh, the last two camps that we had. And, uh, you know, to have their, their um, to have that kind of time with them, and so not just to have them show us technique, because that's really not what they did. Um, they just rolled around with us, and, and we get to know kind of how they how they work and how they how they you know, go about a, uh, a practice. And, and uh, so it was such a it was a, for me it was such a cool learning tool. Um, you know, again, I just I go back to the whole notion that we just think we know how to wrestle here, and and um, so to bring Russians in who really know how to wrestle, um, it was it was a dream for me. Were they offended that you kept making him watch Rocky IV over and over again? <laughs> Put it on the big screen. Rocky IV, you saw this. And you got to keep him in check, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is American. Because Rocky IV is real. It was real. True story. Exactly. <laughs> Some say it uh, ended the Cold War. 
Speaking of those uh, other Olympic golds that are often in the room, Helen's there. You're working out with her. How's that been? Oh, it's been great. I mean, Helen, you know, um, being around her, I understand why she won the Olympics. She's, uh, I mean, let's start with Valentin Kalika. You know, Valentin is um, an amazing coach and, and, you know, supporting her behind her. Um, truly uh, cares about um, the athletes that he works with. And Helen is a product of, of uh, you know, Valentin's expertise. But what I see in Helen is she's so inquisitive. She's like, you know, just never, her cup is, her cup never runneth over. She's just always, what, what about this? What about that? Oh, can I do that? Well, I can't do that. And, you know, I, she, uh, it, it's, been a, it's been a neat thing for me to see. And, you know, it, it just reinforces in my mind um, the kind of person or the kind of mind that it takes to, to, to win an Olympic medal. Is that something you see in a lot of champions? Is that consistent with uh, that champion mindset of trying to continue to learn all the time? Uh, yes, I, I think so, Xander. I think that uh, it, it, once you think you you know it all, it's, you're you're done. You're done growing. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't it doesn't have to be wrestling. It, you think you know it all, and and well, you're done. Um, that's where you level off and on your learning, you know, and and so. You know, I see that in her just uh, every day. Very inquisitive. You know, like we would, I, I wrestle with her a lot because we're, I'm a little bigger than her and obviously much older. <laughs> and, uh, but, no. um, so it's a challenge, you know, so I can challenge her. Um, you know, she's in tip top shape and ready to go. But, in, and so I can challenge her in, in a lot of positions that she needs to know. And so we'll wrestle and, and we'll get done. And she'll reach out to me, like, you know, and we'll be just sitting after uh, working out, and she'll be like, okay, well, how did I feel then, today, versus how I felt a month ago? And she'll want to know, you know, that's kind of yeah. cool. And, you know, those kind of questions, what, you know, it's just, uh, you know, what if she didn't want to know that? You know, it, well, the ones that don't want to know that kind of stuff, maybe that's, you know, those are the ones that don't win. Awesome. Do you find wrestling harder to gauge than other sports might be in terms of like improving and understanding you're improving? Like in basketball, you know, your shooting percentage gets higher. In baseball, you know, your batting average is higher. Is wrestling like as, you know, during your athlete career, was that hard to gauge? Like, am, am I improving here? Um, and was it important to, I guess, have the right coaches and training partners to... to yeah, you're, you can't gauge. It's almost impossible to gauge it. You can gauge it by winning. But that's a huge mistake. Sure, especially as you're younger and you're smoking everybody. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't use the wins as a gauge of, of how how your of your progress. Because really, think about it. I mean, it, it, progress isn't necessarily linear. It's not. It's it's up. It's down. It's down. And then so you're gonna have wins. You're gonna have losses. You're gonna get beat here. You're gonna beat there. You're gonna win a bunch and then lose a bunch. And um, so to use the wins and losses as a gauge. Um, and so wrestling kind of well, it doesn't. It doesn't offer something truly definitive in terms of your progress. I mean, look at swimming. Okay, you swim this fast today. Mm-hmm. You swim faster tomorrow. Maybe you, the next day you swim. You don't swim as fast, and you can always see that number. And wrestling doesn't offer that. Yeah. We were talking about that the other day. How the reverse, the flip side of that in swimming, it's like that could be really discouraging. Knowing you just definitively aren't fast enough. Yeah. To beat someone, you can't have a good day. Well, the thing about <laughs> this, like, uh, say you, okay, in swimming, if you take a week off of training, your time um, after that week, what's it going to be? Mm-hmm. And so you can just tell, like, what does that week off do? You know, what does that week off do to you? Um, but wrestling doesn't offer that. You know, we go into our practice room and if we take a week off, you know, and believe me, I'm, I'm a big believer in rest as well as training and, you know, rest is a weapon. Um, but, you know, taking a week off in swimming, you could probably quantify quantify exactly what it did to you. Michael so Phelps did some, some resting. He did some, some aggressive resting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he came back all right. It doesn't <laughs> seem like it hurt him. <laughs> it made him fine. So what, what is the, uh, the answer? Is, I mean, okay, let's take a bunch of, let's take big rests. <laughs> I've been doing that for about 39 years. <laughs> <laughs> Real good. I got the resting side down. I've yeah. definitely been using Rest is a well. weapon, man. Remember that. Rest <laughs> is a weapon. All right, kiddo. So we're going to move into a... Uh, segment that you may be familiar with being around the Schultz household, which is best and worst. 
which uh, you've been at enough Schultz dinners to know the format. Yeah. Just what was the best thing and the worst thing about, you know, in the Schultz dinners, we would do the best thing and the worst thing about the day. Uh, but for this segment, it's going to be a little different. We're going to throw some things at you. You tell us your best and worst experience with the topic. Sound good? Okay. Can, can I just elaborate real quick? Yeah. Um, the best and worst at your dinner table, I pass that on to my kids. You know, in my household, you know, so, you know, Xander, uh, well, Dave and Nancy had a uh, best and worst of the day. And when you sat down at dinner and you laid it out, each one, everybody on the, at the table laid out their best and their worst for the day. And if you were first, man, you had to be on. But if you were third or something, you got to think about it. It's like, all right, <laughs> what was my, come up with a cool answer. But unfortunately, um, you're the only one here. So that means you're first. I'm first. <laughs> right, let's do this. Let's do this. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy seeing it proliferate through like our you know community of those yeah. kind of that, those people that were on the world team at that time and kind of living together and hanging out together. Yeah. You see it on a lot of households now, which is real cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool to think about how much um, well your family affected well everybody. Just <laughs> awesome. that. So, so first up on best and worst roommate throughout your wrestling experiences, traveling in college. Which, which wrestling roommate was your best wrestling roommate and your worst wrestling roommate? I mean, your wrestling trips. Best roommate in wrestling, Townsend Saunders. All right. Yeah, that's immediate. I, no, Townsend Saunders, uh, world or Olympic silver medalist in 96. He and I, he came out to train with me in Stillwater, Oklahoma before we were, uh, well, before we were anything, you know, and just trying to be somebody. And, and um, he, uh, he, we made contact, and he came out and stayed in my home, and um, uh, we trained together, got to know each other. Townsend is the kindest soul, you know. You uh, on the exterior, he's like he's you know he's built like a brick shit house, he was rah. Um, but uh, on the inside, that dude is warm, he's intelligent, he's thoughtful, and, and so uh. I always appreciated being around Townsend. In fact, so through the two Olympic teams that I was on, he and I always like caught eyes and said we're part, we're we're roommates. And we did that through all of our training, every every tour, every tournament, two Olympics, we were roommates. You know, and uh, so that's my best roommate. Awesome. My worst. You guys know Royce Alger? Uh, <laughs> we know Royce well. He's a friend of the show. What did Royce do? What did Royce do? Uh, oh, jeez. You know what? I, is there an adult podcast that we're going to do? This is it. This, yeah, is, this is the adult it. podcast. Oh, jeez. No, I, I will say this. Uh, yeah, Royce, you know, he's just an interesting cat. He's so opinionated. And, uh, I love the guy. I mean, who doesn't? If you know wrestling and, and you know Royce, you know, it's just hard not to love the guy. Um, but he's a piece of work. <laughs> you know? He's definitely, you know, one of the yeah. best personalities in our sport. Hands he down. is. He is. I've got a cool story about him. So we were, and, and by the way, I love traveling with him. I, I shouldn't say that he's my worst roommate. But man, when, you know, when, when you ask me, I'm like, Royce Alger. <laughs> Something was screaming at you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Royce, uh, we were we were in Krasnoyarsk at the Medvet, or I'm sorry, at the Uregan tournament, and um, you know Royce, uh, world uh, silver medalist. Um, you know I looked up to him I, at, at this at this point in my wrestling. I was you know getting I was getting to be around a really good uh, successful um, group of guys um, on these tours and. Royce was on this tour with me, and I was really excited. You know, I didn't know Royce real well, um, and I wanted to know him. You know, he's he's Royce Alger, you know, and it, his his reign um, through the college ranks was phenomenal. The dude was a beast. And he, you know, j- just uh, well, you know, we all know he, he just was an amazing collegiate athlete and smoked everybody. Nobody was touching. He was Royce Alger, and he won the NCAA's like a couple times. So um, I'm on this tour with him in Krasnoyarsk and we're cutting weight for the second day of the tournament and um, so and I, I, I make my weight and I go in and I'm talking to I'm trying I'm, I'm learning Russian a little bit at the time I'm just trying to figure out you know I just I just want to learn the language um, and I still haven't but I've, I know little things <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm at this I'm at the weigh-in and I weigh in 
And um, I, I talked to the, the, this weigh-in director guy, and I wanted to help Royce because he's like, a, I don't know, I, I want to say like nine pounds over. He has to make weight <laughs> that night. So he can weigh in that night or he can weigh in like in the morning. I think it's kind of that arrangement. And um, so he's, uh, he's having to make weight and he's over. And so I go to this uh, tournament, you know, this weigh-in director and ask him, I, I want to barter uh, cigarettes. I had, a, like, you know, I know that they, at the time, this was 1990, 91, yep. cigarettes were like money. And so I had a carton of cigarettes that I was uh, using to get taxi cabs, to, you know, you know, barter for whatever I needed. And so I went to this director and said, hey man, um, uh, Royce Alger, uh, no problem, no problem way, uh, cigarettes. And so I, and I gave him cigarettes and the dude's like, yeah, yeah, oh yes, yes. And so I was so excited, I ran back to um, where uh, Royce was cutting. He was in this room, like it was a real hot room inside the arena. He was running in place and you know, squatting, jump push-ups, whatever. And um, I was like, hey Royce, I got it. We're, we're all done. You're, you're good. They, they're, they're, you don't have to weigh in. Just go to the weigh-ins. <laughs> I gave him cigarettes. <laughs> and, um, and so he's like, ah, oh, sweet. And so, uh, he guzzled a bunch of water, like, you know, out of this pitcher of water. It's like a warm, a pitcher of warm, like, room temperature water. He's like, chum, chum, just drinking it. And um, gets done drinking it, and we go to the weigh-ins, and I'm so excited. to. And the dude, I got there, and the dude, the weigh-in guy was like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, and so, so that Royce, Royce had to cut like fourteen pounds. Oh, I, or what? I, I put like three or four more pounds on him, and he had to cut it. <laughs> God, oh, he was so mad. I was like, Royce, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I got so screwed, man. And I, and I thought that cigarette code was real. I mean, what's yeah, going dude, on here? He had, yeah, yeah. Royce also has a hell of a singing voice, by the way. Some people say that was the toughest part of living in the Soviet Union. What's that? The uh, cigarette currency. Oh, how unreliable it was, dude. You could, you could. In 1990, you could take a pack of cigarettes in your hand, and um, I'm not encouraging this by any way. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, and like on the side of the road, hold this pack of cigarettes and wave it uh, in the uh, along the streets, and these taxis would pull over and fight over you. I bought my I bought my first house with blue jeans over there. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking of, you see, wrestling does not take you to regular places, right? It's uh, it is not. You're not going to Turks and Caicos for many uh, many tournaments. What are some of the <laughs> What are some of the weirdest places? The best. The, what's the best and the worst place that wrestling has taken you for a tournament? Okay, so best and worst on the places it's taken me. You know, um, let's 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 start with. I'll go with best. Um, you know, Barcelona, Spain. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, yeah. You know, you don't go there for tournaments, for tours, or anything like that. But the Olympics were, you know, the 1992 Olympics were in Barcelona, and the Olympic Village was—it uh, was a fingernail-shaped uh, property along the Mediterranean, where you know one side was well, the Mediterranean, and and then um, and then there were these all these brand new uh, structures that they had built. And, built to uh you know to house the athletes and uh, it was just you know the temperature um when you got right there on the water was you know 10 degrees cooler and everywhere else in barcelona was like brutally hot and you know aside from the temperature though you know come on you're on the mediterranean um i was there 16 days gorgeous place gorgeous so uh barcelona spain was was an amazing that was my best. You know what's funny? I went back hearing these stories from you and Campbell and some of the people that were in those games. I went back to check that place out uh, four in the morning, three in the morning in Barcelona. <laughs> I may or may not have been drinking that night. And, uh, and this guy <laughs> stole my phone out of my pocket as I was checking out the place you're talking oh, about, no. your old Olympic village over uh-huh. there. Uh, so why, I, you, why are you gonna ruin his story like that? Yeah, <laughs> I, it is. Well, Barcelona, as long as you're not there at 4 a.m. drunk uh, or not drunk, uh, it it is a uh, it is an amazing place. I completely agree with you. That that area that you guys yeah. were staying in was unbelievably beautiful. Yeah, wrestling doesn't take you to that. You know, it's not like tennis. You know, tennis. Look what they get to play. They get sure. to play Paris. 
um, Australia. You know, they're they're big four. You know, what is it? Paris, Australia, uh, New, New York. York, and what is the other tournament? Uh, Spain. The it's a, the Spanish Open, whatever it's okay. called. Clearly, this is not a text I, podcast. I, yeah. <laughs> I guarantee it's not the Spanish <laughs> Open. <laughs> Whatever, the one with the clay courts. They have the clay no, courts. That's French Open. It's, it's French Open. Oh, French Open. All right. So they might, may or may not be okay, a let's move on. Spanish <laughs> Open. You get the point, people. <laughs> All right. Worse. Don't travel with Xander. Okay, worse. I will leave worse. Worse. Lovich, Bulgaria. Oh, you knew that quickly. I did. Lovich. Have you heard of it? Lovich? Nobody has. Yeah, Literally yeah, nobody. Yeah, you, don't, you, can't, you don't fly directly into that place. No. It's, it's uh, you go through. I'm sure you don't. You're going to ride like a falcon there. <laughs> flap your arms. Um, they do have the pigeon races over there. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a good way to go. And it was dead of winter. This is like so wrestling. Um, dead of winter. We find Sophia... Um, then a, a, yeah, geez, I want to say it was a train, then a bus, and then, then we're in Lovich. And, uh, man, the, uh, so the local government or local, you know, the municipality is incredibly corrupt. Imagine that. No? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so they only had, like, the, the government, the local, I, I want to say, you know, just the, the city city leadership they they were you know stealing money out of the coffers and so um there was only electricity certain times of the day in this city oh man yeah yeah and then in running running water and so, meantime you're i'm sure training for some event training for cutting weight and cutting weight <laughs> trying to get ready for that yeah working out two or three times a day and then um not uh, having we, water yeah we would uh, we would fill our bath water up in the morning so we would have water all day to take baths. Jeez. <laughs> it was so bad. How, how long did it take you? It probably took you a couple days to figure out the right routine to like fill up the bathtub in the morning. Yeah. Probably took a day. Get all those things yeah. down. Yeah. And during the day, when it was, you know, daylight, um, it, uh, we, they didn't have the uh, electricity or the, uh, the, the, the lobby in the hotel was, uh, didn't have lights on. Yeah. It was brutal. So, yeah, that was my worst. So I'll hit you with a, uh, best and worst that's maybe seems counterintuitive to some people because it's the pinnacle of the sport but I've been around I've been lucky enough to be around a lot of Olympic champions and know there's kind of two sides to that coin so best and worst winning an Olympic gold medal best and worst winning an Olympic gold medal um hmm uh, best I mean geez I mean the win itself, you know, the culmination of like a years of commitment and, you know, all that stuff that you talk about, you know, it loses its meaning when you say commitment and dedication, but, but all that stuff, you know, I think that when it happened for me, Xander, I was like, uh, first I was, um, for a minute, a little in disbelief, like, can you freaking, can you believe this? And, you know, I, I came, you know, my wife, uh, Rana at the time, she, uh, I, I, she was the first person I got to see, like literally coming off the mat, and I'm so, I'm so glad of that because, well, I mean, she was just such, such a part of that whole thing, and and I looked at her, and and you know, she's the first person that I saw after getting my hand raised, and I said, can you believe this shit? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it was in, in, insane the feeling, and I think it was, it, it was a big a feeling of just um, contentment. And I wasn't like, yeah, I was like. Oh, it's done. I got it done. Yeah. And so it was relief. It was relief. Because you, know, you know, everybody, you know, was there, there any disappointment afterwards? Because you thought like you should have been like lighting things on fire, like, celebrating like, there, so much. There was. I mean, I'll get to that. But yeah, it, it uh, it, the disappointment came later. Um, but right then, it was just like this crazy, crazy feeling of like I, you know, nobody's guaranteed regardless of how hard you work you can work harder than everybody and you know my mantra when I was training was I just didn't feel I didn't want anybody to outwork me so I worked really hard I didn't know how hard everybody else was working but I trusted that I was working hard and so um, to, to, to finally realize it and go because I knew I knew the whole time I'm not guaranteed to win this I can't just because I work that hard doesn't mean I get to win you know the result doesn't always add up to the effort that you put in, and that's kind of a bummer, but it, well, that's life, right? 
And um, so that was the, you know, winning that moment and, and get, getting, be able, getting to be able to go home and put my feet on the coffee table and uh, go, damn, we're going to go medal in the Olympics. <laughs> Can't take that away. No, it was sweet. And then the things that came, the, the opportunities, the connections, the, there are so many good things that came from that. Man, um, you know, for me, uh, I think like the very thing that drove me to try to be an Olympic champion was like my insecurities, and and um, you know, just uh, you know, how do I say this? Well, just uh, it's like the, the most important, you know, winning the Olympics is a big deal for me. Um, but I, I kind of when I got when I backed away from it and. You know, had to, had a chance to think about it. I was like, ah, you know, why did I want to do all that? And it, it really was kind of like, well, I just wanted people to think that I was good at something. And I wanted, uh, well, I just want, yeah, I just wanted people to think that I was good, like really good, the best at something. Okay. You were. <laughs> well, I was, yeah. It created some introspection in terms it of did. what and your motivations so, were. Yeah, it brought out like, why did well, I? Because most that? people, very, you know, they want something, but they really get there. Right? They, ne- they never actually get to that point they want. When you're an Olympic champ, you get there at a very young age. So it's weird, right? Yeah, most, people, most people won't yeah. have that moment. You know, I can say, I want to get to X. And you work really hard, and then yeah. you're I'm, I'm going to get there when I'm 70. Even hopefully. X feels arbitrary. Like, when you do get there, like, you know, me, me and you are both working on this prowl, you know, endeavor. Yeah. And, like... <clears throat> It'd be very hard to put your finger on exactly like the moment of accomplishment. Sure. Unless we arbitrarily chose, you know, that, that's yeah, the Yeah, we can keep moving that down the road. Totally. Uh, yeah. And, but to get it at, you know, your young 20s is... Uh... Yeah, and then imagine this. So all of a sudden, you win the Olympics and you completely... Who does this? What? How? Why do we do this? Like you, um, you, you build up this thing, this crescendo of a, of a thing that is wrestling and the Olympics and you're going to compete in the Olympics and then you get through it and then you just completely change gears and go in a different direction. Yeah. Like completely. You don't continue on and progress in the same thing you're doing like everybody else's career in their, in their lives. It sounds like you almost, you're forced to have a midlife crisis almost at 50, uh, at 27 Instead of, and, you know, when you're getting set to retire. And, and immediately. Yeah. It's not like uh, you, you get to kind of ease into yeah, a change in your that. life. It's like, okay, today, Olympics, tomorrow, um, corporate America. You know, it's such a, what? You know, and I thought I was ready for it. And, and so, you know, to go back and answer like the worst, man, I, I the change after the after being an athlete and the adjustment in terms of who I was and who I identified myself with, I had a hard time. You know, I went down some pretty dark roads, uh, not necessarily because of that, but I, I know it contributed to, uh, um, you know, just, uh, who am I? What am I? Am I, am I, I'm a stockbroker now? What? <laughs> you know, I got a suit on? You know, I, I don't even know what to think, you know, at that time, so. Well, existential crisis early on yeah, yeah. At, at a young age. Yeah, so I imagine it's it, it's not that unique though with guys in your situation, right? I mean, it's it's that's a real thing. It's not that unique. There, it's it, there's a term for it. I can't uh, run it off the top of my head right now, but like the you know post Olympic uh, depression. Um, you know, I didn't even think. Of, you know, I heard about it, and, and um, it, it didn't it didn't make sense to me, but it, but it's real. You know, athletes think about it. You you do this thing that consumes you for um, well the better part of your early years, and then you're done. Boom, you're done. And then what's next? And so I get it. I mean, it's it's it can, well, it can change your life. Yeah. Last best and worst question. Okay. Uh, me and you were chatting about this not too long ago, uh, and we didn't put it in this framework, so I'm kind of excited to hear your answer there. But um, you talked about how important uh, John Smith was to your wrestling career. Training with John Smith. Uh, what was the best and worst part of that? Oh, wow, that's a cool question. Um, John Smith. I mean, yeah, dude, it was, he, he impacted my life. Um, he doesn't even know. I'm sure. Well, maybe he does, but um, he doesn't. Um, you know, I uh, I came. I, I went to Oklahoma State. I was 18 years old. Uh, I came off of um, a third place finish my senior year in high school 
in the state of Oklahoma at the age of 18. And um, 10 years later, at the age of 28, I won an Olympic gold medal. Third of the state at 18, Olympic champion at 28. And um, it was, uh, it all started with my exposure to John Smith when I got to Oklahoma State. And, um, you know, I don't want to, like, talk, you know, anybody can talk him up, but I just want to tell you my experience with him was that, um, you know, he was doing these things. He was, he, was, he was getting ready to reel off six world titles and two of them being Olympics. He hadn't done that yet um, when, I, when I got with him. And um, what was cool about him was in, in the practice room, I wasn't the best guy. I wasn't the, the best or the most accomplished or uh, the, the, the best guy that could train with him. But what, what I did do with John was I gave him fits because of my style. And so because I gave him fits, like in scrambles and while we were wrestling, he chose me a lot to be his partner. He's like, come on, man, I want to feel that, you know. And because it was different, it was unique, it wasn't that I was better than any other training partner. It was just that I was different. And, and he wanted that. And so he would choose me a lot. And uh, I, beca I became one of his main training partners through those years that he won all those titles. And so, one, I got to learn from him. I got to feel the technique. I got to see it. I got to understand it and ask questions. And um, two, I got to see his mindset on you know how he wrapped his head around going and winning at that level, and how he, uh, he just how he went about it. So it demystified the whole process for me. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, you know. Um, it just uh, well, I just I was like, that's how you do it. I see how you do it now. John Smith just won a Olympic title. 1988, I'm a sophomore in college, and I see that, I get to see it. And, and Kenny Monday too, you know, Kenny, I can't, you know, take him out of the equation. Um, I gotta have him in the equation because I got to see those guys do that, win Olympic titles. And um, it just demystified. Makes it a lot more real, tangible, right? I mean, you see these guys do it and you're like. It makes it doable for yeah. me. I was like, okay, I get it. I do that, I, I can get this. Not guaranteed, but I can get it. And uh, so uh, that was the, the good, the good, you know, good and bad. Dude, John Smith was so impactful in my life, wrestling-wise, you know, just amazing. So lucky. By birthright and by choice of going to Oklahoma State, I got to be around that dude. Wow. You know, and so, okay, the worst? <laughs> oh, he's, he's a mean training partner. Mm. <laughs> he's mean. He won't give you anything. He will, he will take days. your knee out to get a takedown in practice. <laughs> you know, John, I'm telling you, you do it, you did it. You did it. <laughs> you can't deny it. That doesn't shock me. Yeah. John is a he's a fierce competitor. But you know that's you know, maybe that's one of the goods too, because um I got to learn that. Man, look, apologize afterward. Kick kick my ass in practice. Hey, I'm sorry afterward and he got what he needed out of his practice you know winning at, at the highest levels is, is a selfish thing and i think john had that down hey, apologize uh, afterward might be the new uh, tagline for prowl there you go man i like it so i think you know we hit a lot of best and worst we're gonna move on to a new segment i guess they're all new segments at this point how oh, is our first show <laughs> new new <laughs> a new new segment uh, called hot take. So basically, we're gonna throw out some things that are kind of current topics in vogue right now, and, and you give us like a quick answer on on how you think uh, either you know what what your opinion is on the subject. Uh, so the first thing I'm gonna say we we have a uh, I'm gonna ask you we have a pretty strong uh, team USA at this Worlds. How do you think we do in Paris? Uh, you know, I, I I go in optimistically every single year. Um, but you know, right now, the rest of the world is tough. Um, my hopes are that we, you know, come back with, I don't know, you want me to call a medal count? Yeah. Three medals, one gold. Who's the gold? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it's not the one you bring over there, is it? In your uh, travel yeah, bag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ah, oh, geez, Snyder. So that that is one of our, yeah. our issues that Xander and I often talk about is that uh, it sure seems like we have four of the best wrestlers in the world in two different weight classes. Um, 
so to break those weight classes down, Cox and Taylor. Uh, I mean, I know it, the way it worked out this year was a little bit controversial. Uh, who do you think wins that? You give them 10 matches. Cox and Taylor? Who yeah. wins? Perfect conditions. They're, they're rested. One didn't just run a gauntlet. Who wins that ten uh, out of 10? Best of 10. Oh, man. You know... Um... The thing with Cox, he's such a he's such a um, an, an anomaly. So you just can't package him up and say he's going to do this over these, you know, the course of ten matches. Um, such but an Taylor, athlete. Taylor is uh, well, he, he's our he's he's our future at that way. Uh, I love Jaden Cox. It's man. funny. It seems like that's the sentiment, even though Taylor's older than Cox. It, it's, it seems like well, a lot Taylor. Of I think he's hungry to go and get this thing. You know, I, um, you know, Cox, man. He's got he's got so many cool, interesting things he does in his life, and you know, where is it in his importance? Where is wrestling in importance with him? I don't. You know, look, I'm I'm gonna be I'm talking out of my, you know, my own. It is a hot here. take. That's all right. Yeah, and so <laughs> you know, uh, Jaden Cox, I, you know, I don't know, man. You know, he seems kind of. Okay, uh, I'll like wrestle or I won't. You know, I love this. I, I enjoy the doing this. And man, Taylor seems like I'm freaking going to get Olympic medal. And and you know what? That's how that happens. That's how you go and win Olympic medal, you, a gold medal. You freaking grit your teeth and and go and do all those things. And I just see Taylor as that guy. Single mindedness. Yes. So you mentioned uh, earlier. You thought Snyder was going to get the gold. So that answers one of our hot takes. Is Snyder is going to probably meet Sajalayev at some point mm-hmm. in this world uh, in this world championships. How do you see that shaking out? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about Sajalayev, you know, in terms of the wrestling. They're, that's big guy wrestling. And honestly, my focus is the, the, the little guy technique and agility kind of thing. And so... I shouldn't say I don't focus on it, but I, you know, I just, my area of expertise is in that lightweight range because I know what happens. Um, but dang, Kyle Snyder's a winner. He's a winner. He's a winner. And, and uh, just, you know, the intangible there, you know, one thing, one cool thing about the United States of America that helps us win in spite of us doing folk style for six months out of the year when you're, uh, you know, 18 to 22, you know, in spite of that, we still win. And it's not because of the technique that we learned during those six months of folk style. <laughs> you know, what the hell? Uh, so, um, why does Kyle Snyder win? It's an intangible. It's his heart, man. Dude wins. And it's so, okay, Saja Live, so what? All right, you're good. But man, Kyle Snyder, he's, he's got heart. And he'll, I don't know. Maybe it's not this tournament. I don't, I don't even care that he wins this tournament. Yeah, I don't think this one matters that much. No. But I, I think he's going to win, but this isn't this isn't what it be. No, it's not what it's about. Dude, we're in the first year of a quad. And so what? It's all process right now. I mean, I think he's concentrated on winning Prowl, quite frankly. But that's just, that's <laughs> just, between, that's just between me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. That is funny. You know, we've... We've heard, we've heard both, like from top level guys before. Like some guys are like, I'm gonna win every world championship out there, and then other guys, you know, have been like, look, this is all a process to 2020. Um, was that your sentiment uh, as um, well? Was that we're in a quad, or was it like I, I want to take, I want to win every year? Xander, I, I couldn't. Um, you know, I I, tr- I tried out for the U.S. World Teams and Olympic teams for. Six, seven, six years in a row, and I made two teams, and they were the Olympic years. And so I kind of have a different perspective. Looking back, I can kind of say, well, you know, it's all about the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what? It really, truly was, for me, all about the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to win the Olympics. And the world titles, you know, I, your dad was caught up in winning the world title. Mm-hmm. He wanted both. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a world champion, Olympic champion. I didn't care uh, so much about the worlds, and I think it reflected. Well, my results reflected that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, no disrespect. I couldn't make. I couldn't. Make, I couldn't get myself together. And no, it, it's real though. I mean, I would imagine. You know, the Olympics is the Olympics. You dig deeper. I think, yeah, and then that that's where that you know the Kyle Snyder heart comes in. Yeah. You know, you freaking just find a way to win. It doesn't matter if it's Saji Live or not. 
He just went, and I think he came up against Terry Brands. God dang. That's like running into a, like a freaking bus. Yeah, I would not want that. No. No, I, I didn't want it. It stressed me out. <laughs> I was so, like thinking, I was trying to figure out, like, you know what? I could get citizenship in Guam, and I could, <laughs> I could go to the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go to Guam. Because, you know, we can have citizenship there, right? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Guam. Because, yeah, you know, Terry is uh, going to be on the U.S. Olympic team, and what am I going to do? And I've heard Guam's got sweet uniforms. Yeah, um, they're green. Sw- switching, switching gears a bit here. Uh, Xander and I went up with you to Buffalo to see our, our boy DC uh, defend his title last time. Anthony he, Johnson. To, to, yeah, yep, rumble, rumble, if you will. Uh, he's got a big fight coming up against Bones Jones. Who do you got on that one? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> How so? Well, I freaking love right, my man I, DC. I, I mean, OSU. But, but you know what? I, I, let me back up. John Jones scares me with those elbows. And I don't even, you know, I don't know fighting, but dang. They man, seem illegal. Quite like, like, frankly, it seems like, it, it seems like he's cheating. <laughs> yeah. To be that long at that weight. Yeah, come it's on, crazy. man. It's like, I'm going to punch you with my elbows, dude. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like a Street Fighter character. Blanca. I don't need that. I'm just trying to go to work. I love Daniel. He's, you know. DC all the way. Yeah. He's uh, he's got he's getting in a lot of Twitter beef these days. Yeah, he seems to be punching down. <laughs> he, seems, he seems to be going after people that right. shouldn't really be on his radar. DC, quite frankly, DC is always our guy, <laughs> so we uh, we're all pulling for him. That's for sure. Yeah, I just I, I hope that it, it goes well for him. But, you know, John Jones is a, a, he's you know kind of a well he's another anomaly. Yeah, like Jaden Cox. Selfishly, we're gonna ask your last hot take okay. about. Pro wrestling in general, the idea of kind of taking our sport to uh, the next level and like how you would like to see it, what, what you would like to Yeah, it seems like everybody we've met, like all the high level guys have thought about a pro league since they were kids, what it would look like, what it would feel like. Um, so yeah, like, cause we, it's... What are some of those like most important facets that you've thought about? Okay, well, you know what? I, I, I want there to be um, stories around our, our athletes. Stories around our athletes so people will engage. Um, and so how do you do that? You know, I, I think if you start there, I think you guys are doing that. You know, you're starting with, okay, how can we build this, build a story, right? I mean, is it a storyline? What else grabs you? Do you, you know, think about watching a movie. A movie grabs you and, and it takes you through a story. And if you don't have that story, you're not involved in the movie. And um, so how can we do that with wrestling? Yeah, I think I think you know we're all seeing that right now with McGregor and Mayweather. Like there's this, and it's not even everyone knows it's going to be a bad fight, but there's like this very interesting story. You got you got you're gonna you're gonna want to watch it be a bad fight. Yeah, you You know it's going to be a bad fight. I know it's going to be a bad fight. I'm probably going to fly there for it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help myself. Uh, and it's up to us to tell these stories. And we've got great stories. We've got great characters. I know. This is the. I mean, I'm not going to say. This is the best era of stories, but shit, there's a ton of great stories. You know, um, and it just takes. You know, uh, Maddie, uh, Xander, I really hope that you know, you know, the kind of things that you guys are doing with, with Prowl and, and um, this next, um, this next generation of how we take wrestling, that um, you know, you guys position it where it makes it interesting for for people outside of just us yeah you know we we love ourselves we we're, we're wrestling you know we're you know the, we're the choir and and so but outside of that how do we make ourselves interesting i, I really hope you guys do that i really do that's the challenge that, that, uh, how do you how do you how do you bring those stories out and how do how does how do people know about logan stever how do people know about kyle snyder and, and well, the Jaden Cox is. I mean, the big, the, the biggest crime is the fact that Helen tweeted this week that she doesn't have a shoe deal. Like, how is that possible? Like, she should be on the cover of the Wheaties box. Because uh, they don't know her. They, you know, and they should. And yeah, that girl. Like when is, I was growing up, there was that random gymnast. What was her name? Mary Lou Retton. Mary she was Mary. everywhere. Helen, Helen's a hundred times cooler than Mary Lou Retton. Yeah, only we know. <laughs> only we know. But everybody should know that. Yeah. And it's it's our fault for not making it happen till till we're about to. Well, I hope that we're on. I hope that you know maybe this is the cusp of something that's uh, that changes. Um, it's like a sea change in in how we present ourselves because otherwise, whew, I mean, we're getting ready to be taken out of the program. 
We're not gonna let that happen. That's why we're here. All right. That is uh, Prowl. Right. I guess that leads me to my next see question. What, what Matt did, he did the official prowl pawing hands. Yeah, it's, yeah, so it's yeah you didn't see that, but it's, he reached out like a it's, 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 it's tiger's claw. It's Speaking of, my next question. So, you've got to pick between animals to wrestle. One is a cougar, one is a puma, one is a panther, one is a white Bengal tiger. All vicious cats. Go. Oh my gosh. I, I'm trying to figure out what I. These animals look like. <laughs> and once you pick yours, you gotta tell us what your strategy is to get the pet. Caught sticking. You know, you just gotta put your hand on them and say prowl. They're gonna love you. We'll be the. We'll call you the Beastmaster. That's, you know, just say you're with us. You know, You'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Cats are. Yeah, cats scare me, man. Cats I mean, scare me. Give them lasagna cats and pour are, water on them. That's the one thing yeah, I learned. Come on, man. Cats are. They look at you like. You're part of my staff. Yeah. They, they don't look up to you, that's for they sure. They don't, they don't, yeah. They don't. I think we'll uh, close this thing out uh, with a life hack. You've been incredibly successful uh, in your sport, and I think there's probably several points in your life where there's like this inflection moment, this aha moment, and like if, if I go about trying to accomplish this goal, like this and, and I'm talking about like broad product productivity stuff that you did that changed how you prepared or, or made you better and it's applicable to anybody right like it, it's just it's achieving success uh, in any walk of life like it's how hard you worked every day and how, the values you put the, the goals you had, had, had marked up on your your wall that you, you crossed off like what what were those that got you to the top of the podium what were they um, that's a good question. Um, so, I mean, are you asking like, a, you know, what kind of advice could I give? Or? What kind of, was there a point where you adopted a certain like process that maybe you weren't doing before and you felt like it really changed the game in terms of like your okay. ability to okay. pursue a goal? Okay, yeah, okay. Um, yes. Man, uh, self-talk. Dude, I talk to myself so much. I would look at myself in the mirror um, because there was so much doubt. I think we all have doubt. Like when we're gonna do something that's, you know, quote, big or um, substantial or significant. I think we, you know, there's this. Sure. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, it's just little, little old me, right? And um, and it, well, little old me, um, you know, that that thought won't get you there. And so I did a ton of like, in in spite of my, in spite of my doubt. I would just look at myself and say, dude, you can do this. You're the best wrestler in the world. You can do you can beat Terry Brands. You can you can do this. And um and at first it sounded kind of hokey to myself. And I was like, oh. but then you, if you keep telling yourself that, um, you, you buy in. You just start believing. If you say it enough, you start buying in. Like, you know what, maybe I can do this. I've been doing this. I've been I've been running in the morning, I've been you know, lifting in the afternoons and wrestling with John Smith and, and five and these things and then all of a sudden yeah I can do this and so the you know over the course of uh, the successes that I've had I think the biggest thing for me has been not the training everybody trains everybody works out at 330 it's like the 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 mental tuning like all right dude I can do this and who does that you know the the ones who do that are the ones who win was that habitual? Like you start doing it every morning, or is and there was, a process? And was yeah, there a reason that you, could. Was there a time that you said like I wasn't doing this and let me start doing it? Like, was there a reason that you started? No, doing I, it? I read. I, I read a. Have you guys heard of a this book? It's called. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, Sinks in High is the dude's name. More of a movie guy. Uh, Sinks in High. Well, it doesn't matter. Okay. So, um, but basically, it was. It, it was about optimum performance and how you get there and what is it how does somebody get to be able to have optimal performance and it what I read was that it was back to um, it, it's called emotional intelligence have you heard that book emotional intelligence Mihai sinks Mihai don't ask me to spell that no, <laughs> emotional intelligence Mihai sinks Mihai well it's it's one title yeah okay and, and so he uh he basically broke down, kind of, you know, like, well, what does it take? And how do you get there? How do you have optimal experience? 
And um, it's awesome. And what year was that for you? 93, 94, 95. So right, right before you took off. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, 92 was like my dry run. And I was like, ooh, dude. And I got a taste of, of uh, the Olympic experience and that high level, you know, win, be, be the best in the world. And then so 90, that, that quad before the 96 games, I really plugged into all these things outside of just wrestling, training, experience, you know, that. Um, what could I do extra to make myself better? And so I think the end result, well, I do, I know the end result was that I needed to think differently. Like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna do this? And um, it came back to a very simple thing. Talk to yourself. Tell yourself you're great. Tell yourself you're doing right. Tell yourself you're making things happen. And then you start, you believe it. You start to believe it. Do you feel like that was crucial? If you started doing this in 93, you were, you were still through 94, 95, you were, you were getting beat off world teams by Terry. Do you think it was crucial to do that? That Do you think that allowed you to persevere through some of those um, some of those losses? Was, was the continual self-talk? It was the only thing. What if I'd have gotten in my own head and said, Terry, Terry Brands is better than me? You know what? I was okay with him being better than me. I was just going to beat him at the right time. You know? Do you mind uh, coming to my house on Sunday nights and telling me that I'm going to be okay? <laughs> that, would, that would really help me out a lot. Absolutely, man. I, got you. I, I don't really enjoy Sundays. But you don't enjoy Sundays? What's wrong with Sunday? It's the nighttime, really. Oh, it's the night. Sunday days, I'm fine. Like, worry right. about the next week? As soon as that sun goes down, holy <laughs> shit, I get the tremors. <sighs> this has been awesome. Well, here, uh, here's what I did do this, Matt. Put, uh, I took my wife's lipstick and I wrote uh, on my mirror in my bathroom right above my head so I could see it every freaking morning Kendall Cross Olympic champion and that was before I ever did it it wasn't after do you still have that lipstick? I, I don't say it I need some help I need some help you gotta lipstick awesome this, is, this has been fantastic it's been a ton of fun um, I don't know what we're going to do for our second episode. We might actually have to light one of those animals on fire. Uh, <laughs> Xander, what do you got? Thanks, Casey. I appreciate it. This yeah. was awesome. I can't imagine kind of having a better first episode or better first guest. So thank you well, so I much. Hope it, I hope it comes out well. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm humbled for um, being in this process with you guys. Hey, you were the first awesome. person that uh, came to our hedge for our, our first guest. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Prowl on. Prowl on, baby. <laughs>